0: Welcome to the Tea with Bree. I'm your host, Bree. Thanks for listening. The Tea with Bree podcast is focused on deep, honest, and vulnerable conversation. Each week, I sit down with a different guest in order to have those conversations. Every week, we'll start with my guest's bio, an intro into how we know each other, and then we'll go into a deep dive conversation about whatever topic they want to talk about that week. Today, I am joined by my guest, Warren Berkeley for our first episode of The Kettle is Hot. (laughs) Warren Berkeley, who uses he, him pronouns, is a Texas native with a history of involvement with advocacy and justice movements. As a tech professional, he works to create equity in workplaces where employees of color are often underrepresented. As a musician and painter, he is an active member of the DIY arts scene in Austin, always uplifting the profiles of artists of color and in marginalized communities. Hello, Warren. Hey. How are you on this fine Monday? (laughs)
1: Uh, good. Tired, exhausted, but
0: <laughs> yeah. I know we were just but, talking about yesterday was the the march here in Austin. Which do you do? You all have a number of like how many people were there? Like even an estimate?
1: Um, just looking at the Facebook like reservation, which you know it's grain of salt there. Yeah. um it was like twelve thousand responded. Wow. Uh, I think it was like four point two thousand said they were going, and the rest were. Interested, but yeah. I mean it definitely looked like at least 5,000 people.
0: You know There's a video of like a drone going out and just like seeing it like go over like the whole parade I mean, the whole march itself. I was like that's at least a thousand people like Why I,
1: I left late because I was just like making sure that everybody was Like kind of taken care of as we broke down like the stations and like, you know Just seeing if anybody needed help or anything and so I thought I was at the end of the line and we're just marching and I turn around and there's just as many people behind us as there are oh, in front wow. of us. Like far as the eye can see.
0: Yeah, it was, I, I was there as like the end of the processional came down and I was just like, it had to be like a good, like two, like a good hour, like before, like between like time I sat down and <laughs> the rest of it like finished up and I was like, oh, holy crap. So yeah, I was telling a friend yesterday, like it's it was. I was exhausted. It was so hot, but then again, I mean Texas, and but still, like the energy and the tone that you know, starting at Houston, Tillotson and having you know everyone speak, and you know, us Austin Justice Coalition being like at the helm, I think really showed how when you let Black people lead a movement, how like <laughs> organized and seamless and you know less traumatic piece where protests are and are supposed to be so i commend all of y'all who who helped put that together because i mean that was probably the the best demonstration i've seen in texas at least thus far
1: yeah we don't we don't get to do that crazy shit like them them other people we don't get to actively clash with the police like that
0: <laughs> yeah not Mm. not in Austin, not in the capital, are you crazy?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean no? like <laughs> the irony of that, because we got some call outs for like being peaceful and it's like the irony of telling of of a movement that's about protecting black and brown bodies and you're and you're mad that we're trying to do that. <laughs> we're
0: tr- yeah, we're trying to like make sure no one is like violently attacked during this, like it was interesting for me like seeing I don't I mean, I've, I've been to, like, plenty of, like, parades and other things that happen here in Austin. I mean, we think about when we have festivals that literally shut down all of downtown and the rampant police um, presence that's there. But yesterday, it was very minimal, and it was, it was so interesting to see how a community is, is able to self-regulate itself when there's no outward presence causing you to have to, like, be regulated, if that makes sense. Like, at one point, like, I was leaving in... I'm i pro- I'm like, aii I plan, I'm a planner. So like my friend, I parked downtown like off Congress and my friend picked me up and he drove to Houston Tillotson so that we had a car downtown so I could drive us back <laughs> later because your right. girl's a planner. And so like leaving downtown and like, I think the only time I saw police were when we were like turning corners and leaving downtown and like one cop had to come direct traffic because the way we were leaving people that's like the way the, per- the procession was going back to HT. And so even then only seeing like one or two cops period was just wild to me. Cause you think of the pride parade that happens and everything else that goes on down here. Like we are able to, as people, we are adults. Like we know how to behave, but we are constantly berated and, and controlled by just having such an overwhelming amount of police presence.
1: Right. Yeah, we need to start telling police because that's what we we used to tell the cops like, don't try to fucking march with us. Don't, I'm sorry. Can I cuss? Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> don't, don't try to
1: like. Don't try to come in here and get any photo ops. Like, d- like not today. And I feel like Pride really like. I mean, that's another group that is brutalized by the police. Like, Absolutely. You know, y'all need to like. No, don't don't bring your little rainbow cop over here.
0: <laughs> that was last year. Um the Austin Pride Parade was like two weeks after the shooting in El Paso at the Walmart. And so me having worked at Out Youth at the time, we were trying to decide if we wanted to let the youth walk with us or if it would just be like staff and adult volunteers. And so with me, I don't typically go to parades. That's like the one social thing that gives me anxiety. There's just too many vantage points and I can't deal. Um, But so I had decided I wasn't going and (laughs) working at a very white organization they're like well the police presence will be increased so people will feel safer i'm like the white people will feel safer (laughs) your girl is a black woman out here like the police does do not equate to safety for me so or yeah and even yesterday like um like i said i got stuck at this like intersection and a cop was like coming to the window and i was with my four friends in the car and we're all people of color i was like oh and i was like
1: i go i was like okay
0: so the all four of us like in the car being like trying to guess his name at first which is a really funny game if you've never played the what's the white cop's name it's tom (laughs) bob bill (laughs) um so he comes to the window and like very overly friendly white cop he's like hi thank you so much for coming out today we're gonna get y'all like to, to loop back around this one way street and go the other way And we're all like, okay, like we all looked at each other, like if it was any other day, but this parade day today, please, if you think that tone would have been the same. So, yeah, it's just it's it's interesting being in Austin. You know, we just had the city council meeting last week, last week, last week, as when over three hundred people called asking to defund the police and then the next day they decided to award them another five almost five hundred thousand dollars for grant number seven which literally is just a section of the police that retrieves stolen cars which i'm like how many stolen cars are we getting in austin realistically that we need yeah. five hundred thousand dollars
1: i just love like PO saying like yeah i get i get calls from my constituents about stolen cars i'm like what if why the fuck are they calling you about their stolen what are you gonna do is he making a tally every time he gets a call? Like, all right, more funding for this. They're not, and that's gonna, like just
0: one department. Like, that's not even like the whole. Like, it's that money yeah, goes just half a to a Yeah, just a to retrieving cars.
1: Department. And it's and it's not going to work. It's not going to work. It's it's more cops has never proven to reduce crime.
0: Right. Right. And because then,
1: they're they're reactionary. They're not preventative.
0: Exactly. Yesterday, was, there was a sign someone had yesterday that said. 8% of the APD budget would help to like completely wipe out homelessness in Austin. 8%, yeah. a single digit percentage of Austin Police Department's budget would wipe out homelessness in Austin, which is and every t- wild.
1: Every time we come with to them with with like any kind of funding for for the homeless, they're always like we don't know where we, we where is it's the money going to come from. Or yeah people, every time
0: people now who are like well what we can't defund the police I'm like you we have defunded education we have defunded health care we have defunded everything else in austin what the police department was like a 41 million dollar budget some astronomical number is their budget Four,
1: 432 million point point five now <laughs> yeah million 432 million, 432 million. I, okay. <laughs> I I love I, I mean how many I I I, almost, I love I like it's a bad it's it's bad I love it because like I'm seeing so many people like look at that fucking budget for the first time and I'm just like you know that meme with uh Philip DeFranco and he's or no Phil, or uh not Philip Frank I don't remember his name the guy who was in Spider Man but he's like you know he's on the gallows ah, yes, and yes. first time I, that is just that that meme is just me like seeing people <laughs> mad at city council because because we hours of testimony and then and then council does the opposite of what we're mm-hmm. asking for it's yep. like it's the same shit it's like first time like get, if you're mad now get ready right. <laughs> like
0: <laughs> prepare yourself
1: <laughs> yeah, someone another,
0: another friend i were talking like what could they do with that five hundred thousand? i was like aside from homelessness because that's as a person who worked in that sector in nonprofit that's always like one of the first things that education healthcare. so i'm thinking also like now that we're in covid you know how many tests five hundred thousand dollars could yes. give people like also can we break down what defunding the police would mean because i feel like it's a this hot button term that's going around right now and i feel like a lot of people think it means like getting rid entirely of the police people just don't know what it means so if you have any sort of knowledge that you could lend us that'd be yeah. fantastic
1: you you see that shit a lot too like people think i mean that that's people like they're thinking of like how policing works it's always like you know top down they never want to hit the root and that's what defunding police looks like so like instead of instead of um like what are you look at look at the things that that cops are usually using against black around bodies it's it's like they're pulling us over for like lights, like bullshit like classy misdemeanor shit that should never lead to an arrest or a fucking death let alone like you shouldn't even be arrested but it's it, not only is it getting getting to that it's getting to people just dying from like tail lights out like sandra bland and so like instead of instead of uh you know, it's not about, like, just firing cops, right? It's about looking at the root issue and funding programs that solve those root issues. So, like, when you have people in the streets, because because Austin loves to, like, like self-relate itself about how well we handle uh, mental health response, and, and it's a complete lie, right? And because we've seen, like, they kill people when they're having mental health crisis. So instead of sending cops, we need a mental health response for mental health crisis, right? So we need like mental health professionals, which means funding public health. So right there, you have less cops dealing with that. So take that money away from those because cops get a stipend right now. If they, um, if they had, if they do like a, some PowerPoint slide and get certified as a mental health uh, officer mm. and then they go on these calls Actually I think one actually Because my neighbor gets arrested a lot right And I think they actually I think they <laughs> whole, di- whole different story Whole different story <laughs> But and I always record it right Because he's you know brownish He's white passing but he's you know, some kind of Latino or Latinx and, um, But I I think I was Listening to a mental health officer Like talk to him over the intercom And he was just like he was talking to him like he was a kid and like he was like he was he was dad he was you know trying to get his kid to do something and it's like is this the this is the mental health response right here because he definitely needs a mental health response he called the cops on himself Mm -hmm. so he definitely like he just doesn't know i mean he obviously like has trauma he doesn't know how to deal with it and the only response he gets is cops and so it's never going to solve the issue so like I mean, that's just one aspect of it. Right. We, we, uh, we tossed around an idea because there's a, I forget what's it. It might be Minneapolis actually, who, um, instead of, uh, they issued vouchers, their police force issued vouchers for like, if you have a light, they give you a vouch, instead of giving you a ticket, they give you a voucher to get it fixed. Mm. So right there, you don't have an arrest. You don't have a ticket, nothing on your record, nothing for you to deal with, nothing for you to pay for Yeah, because it's funded. <clears throat> and, um, I mean that's just one one side of it. Uh, a, a lot of th- a, a thing I've been seeing going around, uh, passing around a lot too is like, who are you going to call when you, you when you get raped? And it's like, <laughs> like uh, they're not really doing a good job at that. Like right. calling the cops is. I mean, I reported a rape last year and it went nowhere. So it's like, and I, I mean, that's just like. That's not that wasn't even that traumatizing for me. Imagine like being the victim, like right. and expecting justice. And and then have people tell you, like, Oh yeah, these are the people who like handle that and if you defund them, they won't be able to. It's like they're not they're not doing it now. Right. Like but so obviously like some something else needs to be funded there. Like public health
0: yeah i'm thinking of it like just a reallocation of funds and and it not benefiting the police is how i've been grasping at it like if like you're saying if we put more money into you know actually mental health workers who can take these calls and get these people the actual like support and help they need because i also sometimes think of like the police of like they are sometimes seen as like the band-aid and the doctor and it's like no like you have to like pick pick one like you can't have someone who's supposed to do all these things like for me it's a cop doesn't have the level of education that a mental health worker will have right you can't just slap a name tag on this person down there suddenly <laughs> like i can't right. put on a scrub suit like i'm a nurse today like that's not how this works we need they don't pe- go ahead
1: they don't know they don't know you're like you're right they don't know what to do and they also don't want to do it
0: yeah Yeah. I also think of what's so interesting is, you know, last week we had a number of protests um, here in Austin. And currently I am trying to decide if I'm still moving out of Austin this year when my lease is up. And so sitting here being in Austin for four years now and people having this trope and this energy around, you know, Austin's so liberal. It's so progressive. it's It's blue bubble. I'm like, Austin's is like 98% white. (laughs) So that whole, and you know, the more I hear white people specifically using the words like I'm liberal, I'm progressive. I automatically now think back to just a few weeks ago of the woman, Amy, who called the cops on Chris Cooper in New York. She identifies as liberal. And she still knew that if she used her white woman tears to call the police, that he could have ended up like George Floyd. So, Hearing that and people in Austin, we're in this liberal progressive city and, you know, seeing these tens of thousands of people who came out yesterday, well, thousands of people who came out yesterday. And I was like, I hope y'all keep that same energy when all of this is over. Like I saw a post that was like, you, you should be protesting not because you hate police, but because you love black lives. Like we are sitting here trying to save ourselves from continually being murdered at the hands of police And yes, it starts by defunding the police and reallocating funds and realizing that this country is based on, you know, systems of racism and oppression for the last 400 years, 100%. But we have to first get people to actually freaking care about black people enough to then go and, you know, talk to the police and get things to change. But I think it's always this, like, people who quote-unquote mean while also trying to skip a lot of steps or appear more progressive or appear more liberal and be like, well, I do all these things. I'm, I protested and marched yesterday. That means I'm a, I'm a good ally. I'm like, you physically showed up, but what are you doing when people aren't watching you? And that's what, you know, has really been something I've been sitting with this week because especially as we look at social media and performative uh, allyship and you know, this is why I have this show, because I feel like I can talk about things for seven hours, but just constantly right now, seeing this pe- these people who, you know, post one thing, and like, yes, not social media isn't everything, but we know, like, if you can sit here and curate this picture of, a- of your steak dinner, you can make a small posting, like, I stand with Black Lives, and this is why, and so, This performative allyship of like people who go to parades and marches just to take a photo to say they showed up, that's not doing the work and that does nothing for black people. So, are you showing up? Are you voting? Are you listening to city council calls? Like that last week was heavy. The fact that um, Brandon, no, Brad, what's the boy who got shot? Oh my God, in my brain today.
1: Uh, Ayala? Yeah. Yes.
0: Um, his brother was the first call they took, and listening yeah, to that call. Well, well he
1: was the he was the first uh, English speaker. They did the Spanish yes. speakers first.
0: Yeah, and listening to that, and so as we continue, that to was s-
1: that was a hard, hard, hard. listen.
0: Hard. I'm glad Uh-oh. they opened
1: with him. That set the tone. Like this is this was what the fuck this it looks like in the streets mm-hmm. right now. This is what this is what APD looks like.
0: And then the next day, did you listen to the the when um they let um chief of police start and have his co- conversation and Greg Kassar just like not taking his shit and I was like this is what I need him and Natasha Harper Madison being like we're not no we need direct answers pulling up video and photo of like this boy was by himself in a field no one around him and y'all did a headshot with a beanbag with
1: yeah.
0: a, like there they was no say, need like,
1: they're just shooting into the crowd they're scared They're, fe- they're fearing there was no crowd
0: so next, yeah, next They lie. singled okay. him out.
1: There's nobody around. Manly, Manly is a liar. Manly is a is an actor, Trash. and it works. He he. Manly uses the white girl tears all the time. Oh yeah. He's like I've been crying all week, <laughs> but crying because you're about to get fired. Like
0: crying because we're calling for your badge. Yeah, girl. Yeah,
1: because you because you about sure to be unemployed with the rest for, of us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you sure ain't crying for like these black brown bodies out here. So.
0: Hello, that's also like. I just found out that Spencer Cronk, who's our city manager, used to be the city manager in Minneapolis, which I'm like,
1: oh. oof, oh yeah, yeah. I'm yeah, like, I, look I at just that track, track.
0: record. I,
1: I think I knew that and I forgot it, and then I just I'm just now remembering it. Someone told me the other like,
0: day, I was like, well, well, well. Um, but yeah, I know. I was just talking about like. You know, performative uh, allyship, but I know today you want to talk about like the Black Lives Matter revitalization and performative I mean, justice. So
1: I mean, we're we're talking. I mean, we're Just talking. It. It we're up. talking <laughs> about what I wanted to talk about.
0: <laughs> love it, love it. Yeah, I'm, I mean, also, you know, you and I met what maybe less than a year ago, and so when I first met you, I only I knew you were like adjacently connected to AJC. Can you tell me more like how you got involved with them?
1: Um, so actually, in a very similar moment like this now, um, after Trump elect- got elected, I went to my first AJC event, so 2016, and we're seeing, it's almost like like a mirror image of then, like huge outpour, huge, huge, uh, um, you know, effort in the beginning from people who weren't necessarily involved before the election, mm-hmm. and then, you realizing how dangerous like that was and so you you know you have this huge that first event was like huge it was like it was like our exactly like our general body meeting after this shit popped off mm. like the you know this current um of everything going on like when like we had like uh we actually hit the cap on our zoom oh, because wow. so many people tried to get in and like our own members who had been with us for years couldn't get in our zoom because all of these people who like just learned about police brutality yesterday hop in and it was it was exactly like that and then and then when it comes time for like the ledge work and the policy work and the and the um, you know the hitting city council, you don't see any of those faces you don't see it's not a thousand people anymore mm. it's it's like thirty <laughs> so um That was, that was, uh, I went to like, you know, in between like 2016 and, and, uh, 2018, I went to a couple of events, but once, um, the ledge, uh, the ledge season, Came around. That's when I really like you know boots on the ground. Like I'm going into these offices in the Capitol and trying to get the Sandra Bland Act passed. You know, no no arrest for Class C misdemeanor. Which I feel like we're probably because that got that got gutted and then it got shot down by a Democrat who saw that it had bipartisan uh, support and was like, oh no no no, there's something going on here. Republicans are signing onto this. Like no 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 no. So um, I feel like we're probably going to try to do that again. And ledge twenty 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 one is January. So like I hope we all these people in the streets, those five thousand or whatever it was. Like I hope y'all are keep marching in the energy. capital. Yeah, keep that same energy because we need it. But yeah, that's um, I mean uh, I joined the leadership team after like the homeless ordinances passed because that was a that was that was the only other time where you saw three hundred people in city. At City Hall to testify. And that, um, but that wasn't, that wasn't all because, uh, because they agreed that the homeless right. shouldn't be criminalized. That was like, that was, you know, yeah, that was divisive. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, it just, and it, from there until here, just been, you know, taking more onto my plate. <laughs> <sighs>
0: Just I, yeah, I'm currently deciding to step down from um, being the co-chair, co-director of New Leaders Council Austin, and so everyone's been asking, like, what's the next thing you're going to take on? And I'm like,
1: <laughs> Is that a nonprofit?
0: Uh, yeah. So New Leaders Council is a nonpartisan nonprofit that teaches millennial progressive leaders how to be better leaders in their communities. And so I went to the Institute last year, finished, and then I signed on to be co-director of the, of the Austin chapter from June last year to June this year. So my term's almost up. Um, so we do six months of training and it's teaching like public speaking, fundraising. Uh, we learn a lot of, we have speakers come in and tell us about like zoning and voting rights and all these different things here in your, in your city. Um, we have 50 chapters uh, nationwide. We have six chapters in Austin, five. Or, I'm sorry, six, five or six chapters in Texas. Um, so yeah, so I'm deciding to step down from that in preparation of my potential move to Philly. But now, if that falls through, I may, I may have to to be be knocking on y'all's door at AJC because. <laughs> Because, yeah, I was just telling, it has been interesting, you know, when I was making this decision to move, I finally made the decision late April, early May that I was going to leave Austin. Um, Most of my family is still back on the East Coast. And so moving to Philly was like a good in between, between like New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, and Maryland, like I could be close enough, but still far enough away to set boundaries. Um, And so I, you know, the day I said it out loud, I told my boss, things fell through, I ended up getting furloughed. A bunch of different things have now happened, um but at the time, a friend was like, "Well, why do you want to leave?" I'm like, I feel like Austin has this like energy around like being this progressive liberal city, but also like the population in Austin. Uh, sorry, the black population in Austin is what eight percent now, like very yeah. low. You don't really see anyone who looks like you. I was like, you know, still being a black queer woman in the South is overwhelming. Like, it's still yeah. like I don't leave outside of like Austin proper. Like. My aunt lives in um, Colleen, and you're lucky if I go drive and see her ever. Like, I'm just like, (laughs) any reason not to leave Austin, or if I'm not driving, leaving Austin. Um, I was actually
1: born in Colleen. (laughs)
0: Bless. (laughs) My
1: dad is still there.
0: That is a place to be. Um, So... (laughs) I, so quick sidebar, I love my aunt and my, and I have a couple other family members who live there, but like, come, they're like, come visit us. I'm like, there's nothing to do in your town. Why don't y'all come to Austin? We could do things. Anyway, yeah. I digress. So, like, me saying out loud, like, I'm going to leave Austin because it's not like black enough for me. And then it's been interesting, like, how many things have happened since I got furloughed and said that, like, God, the universe, whoever you, you believe in, has like been working in really mysterious ways in my life. And so, like, <laughs> sort of sitting and listening now i'm like well if i stay another year like what's the worst that can happen so i i mean even yesterday just seeing the amount of black people and being in that space and the video of everyone doing swag surf i was like oh oh my god <laughs> just I, I hate
1: seeing i hated it. swag surfing until that moment <laughs> I
0: was, just to see it i was like oh, we're here like <laughs> it was just what it that the congregation wh- of black people is just like, there's no energy like that. Like talking to all of my friends yesterday who went, who are white or um, non-black people of color were just like, to see that many black people in just being in congregation with the rest of Austin, like, it, 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 I don't want to say they like, gave us permission to like come out of the shadows, but it's almost like how it felt like you know, there's always like little bits of black people you see here and there, but you never see a full uproarist collection of us. And, you know, coming from the Northeast, I miss that. Like, I grew up in a very diverse town. I come from a very large black family. So for me, not to see black people every day has been so strange for me. So yesterday was like, so revitalizing for my soul and i i tell people there is nothing like a group of black people being together just having fun like (laughs)
1: yeah Yeah. you
0: you see this march i go now imagine like if we're at a party like it's just a whole different energy so i i think for me it's just i've really been missing that connection like i go and like i'm with women all the time i'm with queer people all the time but i'm not with black people all the time in my my soul misses that and so i i I hope that as we move forward people in in this city keep that same energy of like you love black people so much this day that you that you march like give us space don't call the cops on us talk to us and like when you see us in the fucking stores like don't be awful people like you you sit here and march and do all these things all this performative allyship shit and then like i said keep that same energy
1: yeah yeah. Um, did you were you there for at the Capitol when Nook uh, spoke?
0: I don't think so. He, he
1: he was one of the speakers that was, you know, spoke at the the second half. Uh, we marched to the Capitol and then they had a like a speech. But um, yeah, he actually um, he's he was someone who got who got a uh, cops called on him when he was in a park doing an event that he had permission to be there and do and uh right after that there was a screening for um, do the right thing and he was talking about that and it was just like it was crazy because like the assistant city manager they were like you know they were closing they were doing closing uh statements like what do you want to walk away with or, or what should people walk away with from this and the city the assistant city manager was like you know us black folks we got to get out there and you know enjoy our parks go on walks and hikes and nook was just like the fuck are <laughs> like ju- 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 just just getting you know released from doing just that and so yeah um, no I feel that though like my first uh five years in Austin were like were just like no <laughs> no black people I felt like it' was very isolating like the my partner at the time was black and that was like all my black interaction and until I got until I got involved in really found where the black people are like if you do you know about urban league mm. urban league it's a uh, um austin uh i forget a a u l p i forget what it all stands for, but it's like young professionals black it's like it's like a hundred percent black, so like you go to one of those events and you are just surrounded by black people and it it feels good like it feels good and it it wasn't until like I went to one of those events where like i even like I even had that feeling right like I'm just i am this is my space, I'm safe here, like nobody can nobody can say shit to me right mm-hmm. when I'm surrounded by my people, and i got that I got that same feeling yesterday too, like <laughs> I yelled at some white boy taking a fucking selfie, I was like, bro, it's not about you today no. <laughs> like, but yeah, no, I I know that feel. I know that and I and I I'm not like uh, you know, I'm not queer, so I don't you know have that um I don't know what that feels like to yeah. be. I said but I know I know like I talked to Jojo or not or Joe, I don't know. <laughs> he changed his name on Instagram to Jojo, but um I think you know him. Um uh but he's um he's really close with Chaz, and I was just talking about talking to him and like is very he was like he was saying the same thing like to be black and queer in this city in this progressive city is very isolating and and I I definitely like you know I I look for those spaces and they're you know they're far and few between yeah like like black people we barely have a space but then to be black and queer or trans or anything like you just like the The percentage just gets lower right
0: the more marginalized you are yeah 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 i was also joking with a friend yesterday i was like also like being in quarantine has been tough like living alone being single not having a roommate um not having kids like completely alone the last like couple of months so yesterday like my first time like actually seeing people <laughs> And I'm literally like my neck is craning because I'm like, where first of all, all where all these black people come from? Where all these attractive black men, women, everything in between come from? Like, hello, like, hi, what's everyone doing here? But it was just so interesting. Like yesterday, seeing like we can't ignore the fact that the two pandemics that are always going that are currently affecting us are COVID and being black. Like, and that's been a really tough. Conversation to have too is like even during a part a point where we're all supposed to be in the house, we still are having black people get murdered for just like we can't go to the store, we can't run an errand, we can't fill put gas in our car like just things that we are trying to do to survive and still. And if we look at it like the breakdown of COVID and who it affects, it's for affecting communities of color, specifically black people, the most, which is typically how systematic racism works, especially with healthcare and everything else black people aren't set up for success in our country and so right now it's just interesting seeing how we are all willing to risk to risk our health our wellness our being both physically while protesting and potentially contracting COVID because it's just like listen as morbid as it sounds, either COVID's going to kill us or racism's going to kill us. And we, if we have to fight those two in tandem during this during this protest, then that's how you have to have to look at it. But on the flip side, it's been so interesting watching the more conservative folks be like, you're supposed to be in the house. What are you doing like, us? i weren't, weren't you just protesting at the Capitol <laughs> about wearing a goddamn mask in public? Like, do we not have that same energy? You were, you were upset because you couldn't get your hair cut. We're upset because we're freaking dying. Like... Let's test this out here. So
1: I I love I love seeing people at those protests too wearing masks. Like, yo, if you don't if you don't believe in this shit, if it's tyranny, then say that shit with your chest. Take that mask off. Cough in each other's faces. No,
0: back <laughs> up. I know I was with I was walking with Joe yesterday, and he like he was drinking water and like had his had his mask down for a minute while he was drinking, and someone coughed, and he. Like, Lifted that mess back up so
1: quick. Water <laughs> like just, time is over. He's like, "Am eh, we hydrated?"
0: I was <laughs> like, "I'm done with me because I can't be out here risking this." But, but yeah, I just, I just want everyone to keep the same energy. And like, I just found out last night, a woman I want to say in Ohio was t- 22 years old, just graduated from college, died from tear gas. Like the tear gas got so like. She was like, like bombarded with tear gas. And she had like an
1: asthmatic attack or something. I, th-
0: so she couldn't breathe and like just she died from the inhalation of the tear gas mixed with other things. And it's just like, while also peacefully protesting. Like it's just yeah. the escalation of things. And now uh, this young woman just died, excuse me, because she was protesting. She was a young white girl, 22, just graduated from university. And yeah, I, and, and you know, as hard as it, it sounds, You know, it doesn't affect you until it affects you, right? Like, I don't think, I I wrote a a post a couple weeks ago, like, what if it was me? Like, as a black person in this country, I have already, like, morbidly written my will, picked out the photo I want to use in my funeral, because I do a lot of road trips, and so, and most of them alone, and so when I was moving from Connecticut to here, I drove by myself in 26 hours, math. Um... And so my grandmother called me every hour to check in (laughs) every hour. Like literally was like, I'm going to sleep. I will call you when I get back on the road. Like every hour, my, another one of my aunts had me on find your Friends so she could track me the whole time. But it was just like, my family was so concerned because I am a very vocal person and I am, I just don't accept bullshit. And so they were so concerned, like, please, if you get pulled over, like, just be careful. You're alone. Like, And, you know, the year before Sandra Bland had just happened in Texas. So they were also all like freaking out that I was moving here. And so I think of that too. And that was the whole point of me writing that post was like, what if it was me? Would you care then? And what if it was, you know, I I wanted people who are white, who I'm connected to, to feel that like, and I, and I don't think we should have to do that. Like as a basic human, human, we shouldn't have to see people die in order to be like, well, we wanted them to live a full life. Like, and that's what I think. You know, what being in the, in quarantine during, you know, the murder of George Floyd, and everyone's like, why do you think now? I'm like, we've all been in the house for three months. The looting, I think, is a direct effect to the fact that we were all given, what, $1,200, but all these billion-dollar com- uh, companies were bailed out with astronomical amounts of money. So the people who are looting, who are doing it to actually, like, survive, most of them. And it's just there the whole trope of like when to properly protest. us i'm like cap took a knee it never worked again <laughs> so yeah. yeah what do you want from us and and in this and then like also with me having been a football fan until cap took the knee and i the nfl and i've not been friends since but i digress but drew Brees, you know during this time Making comments about how he didn't understand why why Cap took a knee and now he understands more. And and like you were just saying, like white people is not about you right now. We're just trying to survive. And the fact that like it took a black man getting murdered on TV for you to finally get in in the middle of a of a pandemic that you had to sit and watch it made you finally care says a lot about our country.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a fucking blood price that should not have to have been paid. Like. He's not even, he's not even the first, they're acting like he's the first, right? Mm -hmm. He's not even the fucking first. Like this is, this is never, this never stopped. This has never not been a thing, but now everyone gives a shit. Yep. I don't, I don't understand it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And also like the whole trope of like, you know, just one bad apple, but it's one, it's one bad apple ruins the bunch. Like let's finish that whole, (laughs) that whole quote. You can't pick and choose. (laughs) But a friend of mine the other day posted, like, you know, if it's just one bad apple, why is it like when a doctor, you know, is an awful doctor, he's removed suddenly? Or yeah. same with pilots. Pilots are immediately taking out of their position of power. But we give police chance after chance after chance. I mean, the officer who killed Mike, uh, Mike Ramos, wasn't he? Like, didn't he have other disciplinary things or a history of this sort of violence he before? He like, killed another
1: man. He, like, killed, another, he hello, killed another
0: black man. Hello. Like... In the fact that like people like the police are then um, like putting on on and like on disciplinary leave, but then still paid. I'm like, what are we doing? Stop paying yeah. like
1: you gave you gave him a vacation,
0: right? Like he's out there tanning it up. It's the middle of summer in Austin. Like he's fine out there getting a paycheck <laughs> every week. Like you should I think police should be taken off the job. There should be an immediate investigation. All funds are withheld from them. The same way, like, if I got fired from, like, if I was put on interdisciplinary need, I'm not getting paid. It's like, the 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 forgiveness we give and the power we give to police officers after what, they're in the academy for what, eight, nine months, but you have a doctor who goes to school for seven years, and one messed step and a doctor's out, but you person you, person you put into an eight-month training is given chance after chance. So I'm just like
1: it's working as intended
0: <laughs> oh also that uh this very powerful photo i saw the other day of like a police officer in like full riot gear mixed with like a split screen of a doctor wearing a trash bag and like a fake <laughs> mask you like this is this yeah. is what defunding looks like if we took this doc this police officer out of riot gear that he doesn't even need to be in because people would be quote unquote in line and can self-regulate and given that money that we ra- that we wasted on riot gear to a doctor who is saving lives what a different reality if we actually invested in healthcare and taking pe- taking care of people versus trying to keep people in check
1: they yeah, they have a fucking surplus they have a surplus of like military military grade gear they have like fucking tanks and weaponry out there you hear Manly the other
0: day someone asked him why didn't you use the shields? Like instead of like, if you guys were so worried about your safety, yeah, he's it like, fucking no.
1: rocks. He your goes. Sh- he
0: goes. The shields weren't uh, up to code. I'm sorry. <laughs> if you <laughs>
1: what is the, sh- <laughs> What's the shield? code?
0: Lauren, <laughs> <Warren>, do <laughs> not. Code. I, I'm like I'm sorry. What is it? Plastic? Will it protect you? Great. Bye. But also, like, if y'all can spend this money on rubber bullets and, you know quote unquote less lethal ammunition, which it still says lethal, just less. less. It's I digress. still
1: still can be lethal. Still can I don't can even be know lethal. why they call it less, like, less lethal. It can the be way lethal. way I think
0: about it is like alcohol. Like this is still alcohol. It's just like a lesser version of alcohol. Like it's still the same thing.
1: They so should like, call it like like maiming ammo or something or like brain damage.
0: Right. Like gonna leave you <laughs> completely destroyed still, but you're you'll be alive at least. Like the frick so I thought about that the other day too, Of like, you know, the shields were up to code. I'm like, you know what you could have done? Check the shields first. If they weren't in code, if y'all can sit here and order all these beanbags, all these rubber bullets, all the other shit, you could have ordered shields instead. If you have mace, you could, you know, there are so many other steps they could have taken before they took that. And the whole, like, literally watching the videos of these officers just firing off shots constantly, like not waiting. That's, that's a whole, that's, not a training problem that's a leadership problem because you know that shit trickles down and so i'm just like and they know they're not gonna get in trouble sorry do do we want (laughs) to
1: do we want to dip into manly's racism
0: i mean we're here (laughs) i I have i have a free day so he's
1: (laughs) he's just he's been fucking like not even with this he's been fucking up before this like massively so um, how
0: long has he been the chief do you know?
1: Um, I don't even know. It's it's been probably get, a few be, years now. Give a quick goog. Yeah. But you go. Ahead. Um, so before any of this even popped off, um, there was this whole this is this is a fucking fiasco. Which people probably, I mean, you know, the people who just are tuning in, they don't they don't even know this shit. But um, proven proven racism all the way up to leadership. Um, it, Police assistant chief Newsom, um, his texts got exposed. They had a group chat, and somebody exposed them in that group chat. And he was just the most racist shit. And people were saying, like, "No, this ain't. This didn't just start today. This has been a thing forever." And he got he got tipped off, so he resigned because he knew what was coming. And so now he gets to keep his pension. And somebody brought it to Manley. You know what Manley did? He he did the fucking meme. I I I not see it. I pretend I not see it. Literally, like, didn't like he he sent it to uh, he sent it to Farah who can do nothing about it. He didn't send it to Internal Affairs who would investigate. He sent it he he sent it where he knew it would go to die. Right. But he could also say like, oh I yeah, I it. did something with this. Yeah. yeah. He told he like told them say no like don't show me anymore They're like don't show, don't show me any more of this. Because then he would have to, he would have to, he would know it. and he would have yeah. to talk about it. Yeah. And so um, that happened. And then uh, we, AJC, we actually did a press conference with, um, I forget what the exact name of the group is, but it's a group of black officers who all of them um, had experienced racism within the department. And because like you, maybe uh, remember this, as you said the leadership, right? That's yeah. a leadership problem. It trickles mm-hmm. down. And so um I mean, if you have your assistant chief saying this kind of shit, like, yeah, it's trickling down. And when we talked to those officers, yeah, it's trickling down. Mm. And we had a press conference about it. And like, not even like, I think that same week, some other, some other officer had an internal affairs investigation launched against the president of the, uh, the black, um, officer. I think it's a union or something or association or something. Um, she was a detective. Uh, or not a detective. She was like a sergeant or something. I can't remember. But um, like she, you know, she was some kind of black leadership in APD. Launched an internal affairs investigation against her. She's now gag ordered, and she any like promotions she could have got were halted, and like couldn't even talk about. It. The only people she could talk to about this investigation was her, her clergyman and her lawyer, and be. Um, uh, because of that or and the investigation was because that she they were saying that she accused somebody else of being racist and so they launched an investigation on her not the racist
0: not the person she is
1: (laughs) yeah none of that shit i just the the irony of it like if Mm -hmm. you accuse somebody of being racist you are under more scrutiny than if you are proven to be blatantly fucking
0: racist also, I just googled. He got sworn in uh, June 2018, so two years. Damn, ago.
1: he's having a rough two years. Only two years.
0: Yeah, it said June. He got like June 14th of 2018.
1: But he's he's so shitty because he got promoted <laughs> from within the ranks. Yeah, because he he's oh, always been steeped. a part of this. Yeah, yeah. And they there was there were they were saying. I mean, there there was you know outcry against hiring him because of that, like we need somebody we don't need like somebody that's already in that good old boy system because they're just gonna we're we're, what we have now is what we're gonna get Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's basically what they were saying two years ago
0: yeah did you was it him or was another another person on the line when the another officer who made the comment that they planned on walking last sunday when um austin justice coalition decided to not walk they're like well since they're not walking we're not gonna walk I was like, what sort of <laughs> sense does that even make?
1: People were still there. They could have walked.
0: They, hello. That's my exact point. I'm like, so, because, quote unquote, the blacks decided not to walk, you didn't want, yeah. you had nothing else to do now because you wouldn't have to rein them in. So, why walk? But yeah, APD, that, they. That made me laugh yeah. so much, and like they kept name dropping Chaz, and I was like, "You don't yeah. even they like loved him. Doing what are that? you what are they loved talking doing about?"
1: That. <laughs> Ken, that stupid asshole, Ken Cassidy. He he made sure to say Chaz's name like fucking five times during uh whatever it was like city city hall yeah. or something. I can't can't remember where he was talking in, but he just he kept name dropping Chaz, and we don't work with that guy. Like we hate. Oh, I don't. I can't say all agency. I hate that guy. He's a fucking liar. <laughs> he gets up there and lies all the time. He said when they when they um when they passed the uh, the resolution for no more arrests for uh, low level marijuana because it won't be prosecuted the DA will throw your case out mm-hmm. it's a waste of taxpayer money to process those people he got up there and said Te- teens are going to start rolling angel dust into their weed <laughs> he got he got up there and said that with a straight face because everybody he was the only one who was like yeah fuck this fuck these arrests like stop doing it and he got up there and was like oh you know gateway he came with the gateway drug shit like teenagers 16 year olds rolling that angel dust and he's he's he always gets up there with the wackest fucking takes on why we should keep doing stupid shit with these laws like it, king k we're not working with king cassidy <laughs> because he's he's un he's unworkable like there's nothing you could do with that he's just like the trashest of cops like if you want to if you want a model for defunding apd it's like this is this is what like king cassie is the kind of person that apd produces like he's the model of why we need to reduce police budget <sighs> I but guess. name dropping chas
0: every time i was like can you not
1: yeah or, or could you have it. like
0: invited Chaz to this conversation so Chaz could like tell you how the fuck this is not going to happen like and I, I haven't, like, officially met Chaz. I've, like, met him in passing and through mutual friends. And I'm just, like, just me as a black person. Like, don't, I hate when people name drop me at bullshit. I can only imagine. <laughs> well, Brianna said, la, 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 make like, a uh-uh. <laughs> check that with me. Double check your facts first. Like, yeah. <clears throat> don't use me to validate your crap. Because
1: like, then people come up to you like, oh, yeah, you were working so-and-so. I'm like, the fuck I was? Who? <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's why, I'm, I'm sorry, what was it? <laughs> I say what to whom? Uh uh-uh, uh, check it. Like yeah, and you know, as we continue to see especially, you know, this conversation around defunding the police in Austin. I mean, the conversation's I mean, I think it already happened in Minneapolis, like that that that's working itself out now in their system. So
1: I'm I need interested. Would you say? <laughs> we we need the blueprint.
0: <laughs> yeah, I I am interested in seeing what that sounds like. I mean, we only had what four people on our council vote no to giving them more money and then the next day PO also signed on to get manley's resignation which P.O. voted yes to giving them more money i have questions i digress yeah so i, I don't know I'm, I'm i'm interested in seeing how the next election cycle goes as far as like those people who are going to run because right now i'm telling you if it ain't the four who voted no running for mayor i ain't voting for the rest of y'all like i have a lot yeah. of energy around you right now because. You know, we had three people of color and one, you know, person in the LGBTQA plus community vote no. Everyone else voted yes. And so also like someone made the point of you had all all these people calling primarily people of color telling you their stories what happened. And that's the same thing you were just saying. Like, why do we have to tell you why do we have to make ourselves seem more human for you to understand, right? Like, why, why does it take us calling and, and reliving some of the most traumatic things for you to listen to? And then you still don't listen to us. Like, yeah. and, and I want people to remember that your city officials work for you. Like, all these people in positions of power in your community, you sign their paycheck. And so you have a right to call them, email them, all the things, because this ain't it. And I just want everyone who voted yes to be on notice. I'm watching you. Especially in my area, my council person is Tovo, and I have words for her. Um, Oof,
1: the White Woman Coalition. They, ne- they, ne- they will never vote against, like, they'll never
0: vote. I not
1: giving the cops money.
0: If I'm still in Austin by the time her seat is up, I'm considering <laughs> not doing it, not a completely on board. I am considering. take
1: uh, take that shit i if (laughs) ajc doesn't ajc doesn't endorse candidates but i personally will blast that shit like vote for this woman
0: yeah everyone who i've like talked to about like you should run you should run i'm like listen the white woman brigade in (laughs) district nine we don't know i don't know how that would run for me but you know, I'm yeah, a allotted a lot of space in the city. I know a lot of people and so I'm just like, we'll see if, if people in my district actually want me. So yeah, I'm just I I want everyone who who feels like people in their community aren't showing up for them, show up for yourself. Be be that voice your community needs because shit ain't gonna change. And you know, I know I know the woman who ran in this district last time but i mean and she's relatively progressive i know her very well um but also i'm like sick of seeing white people in power so i also yeah. still might run just to run big y'all have options <laughs> like
1: yeah
0: yeah uh i don't know i'll be 33 by then Whoo, chile
1: because
0: <laughs> <laughs> her seat isn't up to 23 so uh,
1: yeah. yeah
0: yeah what district yeah, do you it's live in
1: be- I'm in five. I'm in pools district and I, um, I tweet at her a lot. Like she's, she's kind of (laughs) trash.
0: I just recently, again, like I hate Twitter. I feel like it's a rabbit hole for me and nothing good happens. Like it's, the, it's a lot of like petty passive aggressive shit, and my East Coast Pisces on the cusp ass can't deal with the passive. <laughs> like, I'm like, if you the energy of neck if you buck is always in my body. Like, say it, <laughs> say it with your chest, say it to my face. If there's a problem, come at me. Like, so that's I've, that's why I'm I've used primitive. that
1: <laughs> phrase. I've used that phrase so many times in this past like two weeks. <laughs>
0: Well, a friend of mine posted this morning of like, essentially it was this quote that says, you're asking a whole generation that was raised off, not if you a to quiet down at a protest. <laughs> so, bless your heart. I was like, yes. Good Literally luck. How I feel.
1: Good luck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, Twitter, Twitter is weird for me because I have a lot of, like I um, my whole thing used to be like this, the gaming community and shit, mm. and it still kind of is but now it's like it's it's like black and brown and trans in the game community and you know everything in between. It's it's like the marginalized groups in the gaming yeah. community now. And so, um, I had like I have like somewhat a voice. That, like I'm not like popping on on Twitter, but I have friends who are like I who feel like people they who can... say they're
0: not popping are popping, but continue.
1: No, I'm I'm not I'm not popping. <laughs> but if like I have friends who are popping, and when they choose to like highlight something I've said, then it be you know, it can become a thing. Um but uh yeah it's 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 weird for me because um uh I like it's just the way I interact with those platforms is just like like some some people would just make like a different account, right? But I'm Mm -hmm. like, nah fuck that. Like (laughs) we were talking about fucking Tekken yesterday and today we're gonna talk about Black Lives Matter. And um but yeah, th- there can be some positive from it, at least from for me. But I mean I I understand like Twitter is pretty you will see some hot takes some hot ass takes. You see some hot shitty takes, but I also like talking shit. So go yeah, go ahead, come with the hot takes and you know I'll fucking spread you out all over this fucking digital platform.
0: So what I'm hearing is Warren for District Five. <laughs>
1: uh, I am not like no, a political I'm not, person. I'm, yeah, I'm not like I'm like boots on the ground. See, that's the problem, is like the people like advocates, like people mm. who actually give a shit about humans, they don't wanna they don't wanna be politicians. Like they yeah. wanna do advocate work. And so you're left with the worst fucking people. <laughs> like everybody yeah. else are just like the worst people yeah. to be doing it and they do it.
0: A friend of mine has been asking me for years to run for some sort of like position of political power. And I tell people, I'm like honestly, like my energy is like a mix between Oprah and Michelle Obama. Like I wanted to make change, but also like just let me talk to people all day. Like this is <laughs> yeah. where I live. But you know, as right after that vote came through, which I mean, I knew Tovo was going to say yes. Just yeah. <laughs> a record. To- speaking Tova,
1: Pool, Kitchens, those three will always vote. <laughs> pro, they're pro cop. They're the white. We call them the White Women Coalition. They were the only ones against <laughs> the. The homeless ordinances they were the only ones against decriminalizing homeless they were the white women coalition and they were the mental gymnastics that they were trying to like like pull during oh, that I'm like
0: sure.
1: like the Ann kitchens was saying some shit about like oh this certain intersection is dangerous because uh it was the one by the bus stop i think and it was like well you think people are gonna like roll down the hill like a fucking basketball like she doesn't like and kitchens doesn't know how humans work like she just it's yeah uh, so that doesn't that doesn't surprise me i know yeah. at least three of these votes
0: they're not getting against yeah,
1: yeah. but yeah. the rest though like po po is like a fucking wild card i don't think he i think he actually is like paying attention until like the end and he's like oh what were we doing yeah, yeah whatever i'll vote for that
0: right yeah i'm trying to think. like mayor adler i have feelings about you that i don't have enough time to discuss today in this, in this podcast episode um yeah he's but,
1: also like a lot he's yeah. like because i've i sat and talked to him he's talked about some i mean he's like he's he's not he's not a he's not a abolition guy mm-hmm. like he's a reform guy like he yeah. thinks we can reform apd like he yeah. he heard I he said in a conversation i had with him that like what if we put all of the dangerous cops, like these bad apples? What if we put them on death duty forever? That's like no. I don't want so, them. I, I don't want collecting dogs. a check, right? Yeah, like get them the fuck out. Why is it so hard to get them the fuck out of here?
0: Right. Oh, before we like move on, can you tell people the difference between the abolish the abolish? Why can't I talk today? The abolitionist versus like the reformists, because that's. Right.
1: Um. So so the reformists think like the like this problem can be fixed like we can like we could take what we have and we can fix it like through policy like we'll just like of uh, you know if cops are you know like through some some kind of policy like this uh, a perfect example is this the eight can't wait bullshit mm-hmm. like that's reformist shit, which i've i'm I was looking at those, and it's like a p d has had some of these. And all it takes is one police chief to come in here and reverse it, like yeah. just get rid of these policies. And they've like, some of those, some of those you can even have in place now. And, and the, the, the consequence for violating the policy is a slap on the wrist yeah. or which is another thing. Manly there's, there's, I'm looking, there's like t- at least two of those things on that list that Manly has debt has, definitively like it. um but it's like if there's no consequence for for violating policy or if it's like a slap on him on the wrist or like a oral reprimand or even a a written reprimand that goes into a file that nobody can ever see because apd never respond to uh open records requests which we need lawyers to sue them if you know any (laughs) to like get those (laughs) <laughs> yeah that's a that's we'll a whole talk other about it. It. I do yeah, yeah I know I know but, two
0: women of color right now that I think would totally be on for it so yeah let's chat. Yeah,
1: that would be dope but yeah that's that's like reformist shit which is not it's not going to work right but also like just, like it's not going to work but also you do have to take steps because you know people shut down like these these people shut down when we go in and we're just like you know get rid of them like mm-hmm. you know so there are I mean, reform is ultimately not going to fix the problem. But there is some policy work that you need to do to get to abolishing the police. Like it's not going to be like one day we have cops and the next we don't. Mm-hmm. So, uh, But but there's some people and, you know, reasonable people know that. But then there's some people who think we're we'll just reform this like we can reform this, everything can stay as it is. We just need to reform it, like keep let them keep their budgets. And w- which actually reform costs more because it's more training yep. that doesn't do anything. But but in, and then abolishing acknowledges that the police have only ever existed to harm black and brown bodies like they were fucking slave catchers. Mm. That is the mm-hmm. origin of the police.
0: Absolutely. And
1: so it has to go. Like if you if you look at that function, you can't reform that. It's inherently racist. That's why there are no good cops. You can't be a good cop in an inherently racist system. Like it's still asking you to do racist shit and you're going to do it.
0: Right. It's in the handbook. So, <laughs> right.
1: It's, yeah. Yeah. It's 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 the like this is what it was here for. It was here to, to do racist shit. So the abolition movement is like, no, no reform. Like they have to go. Like they were never they were never about safety and yeah. they still aren't. <sighs>
0: I just like you're saying, people are like, "Who are we gonna call when like all these things go out?" I'm like, "Oh, if you put th- things in place that the city can serve itself outside of the police, then I mean, I feel like there's there clearly is another solution because I mean, this solution isn't benefiting anyone. Like we all yeah. we all know that if you call the cops on black people, that's essentially like signing a death warrant. Period. Yeah, point blank. End of story. Like there's no. There's no conversation after that. You're
1: you're fucking dice rolling on somebody's life.
0: Yeah, you're like, you know what, let's let's just dial and see what happens today. So, yeah, I I mean, I feel like a lot of people think it's, like, such a hot thing to say, like, you know, defund the police. But I hope that this episode has, like, educated a lot of us that, like, well, actually, go and actually read a thing. People don't just, like, (laughs) do some self-education. I feel like a lot of people just... Listen to the news or read things on Instagram. I'm like this is all I'm going to listen to. I'm like I I am always pushing people to do the research yourself and see what it will look like, and then also do some research into your own city. Like not just waiting for a huge life changing thing to happen in the news for you to pay attention to what's going on in city council and how it works, and you know when you are able to go and vote in things, and go to city hall and the capital and what have you. Like I I, I want people. You know, between twenty sixteen to now, these last four years, I've for sure seen people be I feel like there's been like a such a huge turn of like people never talked about politics or religion. And we have completely gotten rid of that misnomer. <laughs> and so as we continue to work through that, I want everyone to get, you know, resources from multiple sources because <laughs> a lot of these news sources can sometimes be for paid, you know, don't trust everything. You know, you read from one source, continue to talk to people in your community, talk to the people who serve in your city government, your local government, all those things. So yeah. Yeah.
1: State state level too. Like do the ledge work. A lot of state level shit can solve a lot of these problems. Like we tried to get rid of no knock raids, which are if you look into them, they're bad.
0: <laughs> isn't the a no knock rate, isn't that what killed Breonna Taylor? Like they just busted up her yeah. house. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So not only are they like unconstitutional, but um these the cops suck at them. They botch them all the time. So there was one before I even got involved in any kind of like advocate work, there was one man who um I'd been I kind of been following his case and uh the police raided his home unannounced. And some a cop was crawling through. This is in Kalin. A cop was crawling through his window. And he shot him. He's like, you know, you're breaking into my house. So, you know, NRA, where y'all at on, you know, defending this man? Like, because they, they just busted in his house. Didn't say who they were. One of them got iced. And, and now he's been sitting, waiting for a trial for six years. This is 2014. He's still his his trial is just now like they're just now doing the trial shit to get it started and your yeah,
0: um, trials people
1: yeah um marvin marvin oh, guy shit. yeah but every time so now i can remember his name because uh i would just like type in Colleen no knock raid and i'm keep finding more and fucking botched no knock raids like they kill people they find no drugs or in Marvin Guy's instance, they found a pipe, no drugs, a pipe. And uh, this happens all the time. Either a cop gets killed because they're breaking into somebody's house unannounced or they kill somebody who was not a threat to the community. Yeah. Like a fucking like a like sell, selling weeds should not even not not even saying that that's that's what these people were doing, because right. it, whenever they break in, they never find an amount that says like distribution it's always either like personal use levels or nothing nothing and and that that does not require a fucking militarized like flak vest fucking an ar-15 response with your doors being knocked down there was a woman in not Colleen, but here in austin like a few years ago we couldn't find her name but uh, wrong house, which I don't know how you fucked that up. <laughs> they, they wrong house people all the time. They wrong house mm-hmm. Brianna Taylor. Sure did. But um, luckily this woman wasn't killed or harmed in any way, but they tore her house up and just said, whoops, and walked away. That was it. Didn't pay for none of that shit. So now she's got a, she. now she had a home that was safe. Now it's unsafe because it's unsecure because they mm-hmm. knocked her fucking door down and walked away. So yeah, like, and that's like, state level. i mean you could do that city level but really like should state yeah. level ban no knock raids
0: educate yourself people uh i will be sure to link all of this important information in the <laughs> show notes i cannot thank you enough i'm so happy you were my first guest on this new segment i always end the show with a question what is the best advice you were ever given or what's a piece of advice you would give to your younger self
1: uh, best advice. Um, Christiane told me. because um, I was I was uh, during the um the protests for um, oh, what was his name? He was wrongly wrongly accused in um, his death row inmate wrongly accused in the one out of New Oh. Gosh, okay. Um I can't remember his name right now. There's Reed? so much going on. Yeah, Rodney Reed. Rodney Reed. I was getting bur- I was getting burnt the fuck out during the Rodney Reed rallies, right? And like around a lot of the homeless shit and I really didn't know how to deal with that. And cuz it was like I, I I didn't know how to identify it and then when I identified it I didn't know what to do. And Christiane, I don't remember her exact words, but like she was just like inadvertently like really dropping some like some shit i needed on me at that and this is like when i met her and um she was just telling me like if you or if you're burnt out like don't feel bad about taking the time off that you need and um i don't know i don't know why i needed to hear those words but they really like they fucking stuck with me i love mm-hmm. when people you're just having casual conversation and somebody just like says some shit that just sticks with you forever mm-hmm. um so that i mean personally for me that was like You know, in recent memory, that was the best advice that I ever had.
0: Yeah, I've been hearing a lot of people, I feel like, especially Black people, like, we need permission to take a chill. (laughs) Like, we are never allowed a minute to calm down and take some time for ourselves. So, yeah, take some time. You deserve. Don't get burned out. We need you out here war for district five and that's it for this week's <laughs> episode of the tea with Bree. be sure to follow us on instagram at the tea with Bree. send me an email at the tea with Bree at gmail.com and visit the website the tea with Bree podcast.com don't forget to rate review and subscribe on apple podcast or wherever you get your podcast a special thanks to mama duke for our theme music and i will talk to y'all next week bye